welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 159. We've got a packed show for you this week, but first, I have to commend the outstanding work of my great co-host who's sitting opposite me today, who's kept the podcast going and has had some really cracking guests on here. It's worked really, really well. Uh, in particular, last week, Steve Foster's honesty and openness. I think there's a lot of feedback about that as well. Uh, plus, the standing co-host did well uh, too, uh, bearing in mind that they hadn't done it before. So it's always good to get lots of very variations of opinions on the show and I'll be back a bit more regularly now as my son who's turned 15 weeks today feels it's flown mate 15 weeks today um, so now he goes down well um, in, at night he's a really good boy very very lucky with that so uh, and he sleeps through the night which anyone with a new baby will or who's a parent will know that you know that's that's pretty special so yeah very very lucky so hoping to be on this uh, a little bit more regularly now now uh, speaking of guests uh, we have a special guest joining us this week uh, uh, he's the producer of Home and Away, the uh, the Away vlog, as many of you will probably have seen. So he's making his Orient Outlook podcast debut this week. We'd like to welcome to the show Mike Brown. Mike, welcome, hey. gents. Good evening. Thanks for coming Hello. on, Mike. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oi, oi. Mike, welcome to the pod. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, really, and how you came to support the O's. Well, uh, the old man was always a fan, and he lived Fornell Road, just around the back of the ground so he'd regularly attend many games as as a youngster with his row and and whatnot. <laughs> and just learnt about the O's through him really and yeah, just That's it. Yeah. Got the bug. <laughs> yeah. Got so the when, bug. when do you remember your first game? Or when it was? <sighs> no, if I'm honest. I remember my first trip to Brisbane Road, yeah. which was uh under eighteen friendly I believe between England and Spain. Okay. And the likes of Cesc Fabregas wow. and Joe Cole were playing. That's my earliest memory of, of visiting Brisbane Road, okay. going down there with, with the old man. Okay. And uh, So who, in your time of supporting, supporting your would, would you say is your favourite player? Well, I, I never get to, got to see some of the, the greats, like Laurie Cunningham. Yeah, you know. Tell, yeah. But uh, someone that's been... I've really watched enjoying over the years... I think it's Kevin Lisby for me. Just really? because Yeah, just because you know he's played at the highest level yeah. and he's still that quality even when he was playing for the Orient. You can still see it's in the locker. And he's just a nice guy as well. I've been meeting him a fair few times. and Yeah, it's it's weird because a lot of people say, you know, say like Laurie Cunningham and, and um, the Chidozis and Chidozis, the Rolfs yeah. and uh, <coughs> and there's and me that. saying yeah Kevin Lisby Super Cap yeah, but yeah Super Cap yeah. I, I love the guy I think he's, he's been a great player for the O's he was super and yeah easily easily my favourite player so cool. you've attended lots of games many games years. yeah yeah. Um, I, 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 mean, I did kind of really neglect it at a teenage sort of age but as I've gotten older I have um, got more of a respect for the O's and more of a love for the O's now and I can't see my Saturdays being any different than going to watch the Orient now don't tell the missus though yeah oh listen I've told, I've told the missus already listen <laughs> Saturdays I'm not around Saturdays my time <laughs> <laughs> so out of all those games in what have been your favourites are you obviously favourite I mean the the the, the playoff does 
always so it's, you know it always sticks out in, yeah. in my memory that the atmosphere that day I, I like games of atmosphere and makes the hairs in the back of your neck stand yeah. up you know yeah. it's not always about the result yeah. and, and what not and that sticks out in my mind the Arsenal game sticks out in my mind as well just because of the, John the atmosphere yeah, John Zui you know there's, there's n- yeah. unless it's a winner there's nothing better than scoring a last minute equaliser Absolutely. and it meaning something it just makes the hairs in the neck of your back of your neck stand up you goose pimply and it's yeah, yeah it's, it's they're just good feelings and them two really stick out in in my mind. Um, a lot of people told me that the Plymouth game, which I unfortunately missed, oh, the Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day yeah. I would have loved to have been there. That sounded amazing, but for me, yeah, it's, it's one of them two, the yeah. FA Cup or the, or the playoffs. So this season has been quite a meteoric season for us so far. What are your Definitely. thoughts? Definitely, I think it's been a great season so far. Um, I think if we would have been second this point in the table I think everyone would have snapped your arm off you know compared to last season what Justin's done is it's, it's been incredible absolutely incredible same group of players mm. give or take you know and literally is yes. that's what people were screaming for over the summer was for a whole change in personnel and why aren't we signing more players and why have we only signed you, this one you could see that they always had ability these players they always had quality mm. it was just getting it out of them and thankfully Justin seems to be doing that you know, whether it's down to tactics or just man management or just being a likeable guy in the in the changing room where players want to work for him, I, I wouldn't know. But pff, listen, it's, the season so far has been superb. So you mentioned the players. Mm-hmm. Any standouts for you? Obviously, there's many, but well, in particular, if you, having Charlie Lee back off from injury, it's like having a new signing. Yeah. He's been superb. Um, since coming back Charlie Lee's been a different player as well mm. um, we all know about, all know about Macaulay Bond um, Joe B's come back with points to prove he's proving it you know pretty much week after week Josh Caroma's flying constantly. the surprise one for me yeah. Josh yeah, yeah pleasantly like, mm. in a pleasant mm. way because it wasn't that long ago and I think I mentioned <coughs> it later on that he was kind of lost mm. a little bit mm. and it's just taken Ross and Justin and Danny to put their arm around him and say come mm. on lad you've got ability let's not yeah. let's not waste it yeah. and now look at mm-hmm. like yesterday I mean we've got talent all over the pitch now it's it's ridiculous we've got goals up front whether it's Bon Karoma Elabi chipping in here and there Harold coming off the bench um, we've got assists all over the pitch the, the back back four where, you know where you've got Willison who's been superb for mm. me, absolutely mm. superb. Seven, eight out of ten every week. The pairing of Coulson and Marvin. I mean, Marvin. So that young age looks incredible. And having someone as good as Coulson is next to him, he's only going to get better, that kid. And I think he helps Coulson as well, having him alongside him. Because I think he's just that's he, that's a bit quicker, bit isn't more, he? Yeah, Marvin. but he just relaxes <clears> a bit more now. He's got <throat> someone really good next to him who you can rely on. And then, you know, Ling has... Had a bit of a slow start, you know. Let's not be it about the bush. Judd's come in, and awesome, he's he's been he's done very well. Done very well. Two new products doing absolutely outstanding. Yeah, yeah. and even Craig Clayfoot in there at Fylde at the weekend, he was superb at right back. So we're good over the pitch, and it's you look at the bench. It's hard for any of them to get in the team right now. Mm. Alex Lawless started the first four or so games really well. Can't even get a looking on the bench now because of the squad. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely mm. ridiculous, and only bodes well for for the future, I guess. It does, yeah. I mean, it's going to make an interesting <coughs> January. You pretty much mentioned every player, but that's great. <laughs> no, that's great to see, though, because everyone is playing their part. Um, 
So you've probably been to most games, if not every game this mm-hmm. season. Obviously, you run yeah. the home and away vlog. Um, so how did that come uh, about? Me uh, and obviously a group of friends started going to obviously to away games, and we, we just had such good fun, having a laugh, and we thought we need to we need to document, document it. it. Yeah. yeah. So we thought, I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna do that. So we started off last season. I've done the odd couple. It was really more of a test in the water kind of thing. See if it was feasible to do <coughs> time, you know, time restraints and whatnot. And yeah, it just kind of kicked on from there. And we're moving to what 15, 16 episodes wow. now. Slowly but surely. Yeah. But Slowly it's only the away games. But only the away games that we do. Okay. Yeah. We might do, we talked about doing the odd home special, but it would have to be a, pro- a special, a game, special yeah. Okay. yeah, sort of. Sort of game to do. Cool. cool. All right. So come on, give it a quick plug. Then how do we find it? Uh, it? You can find us on YouTube at home and away, and same as Twitter, and same as the Facebook as well. All the same, home and away. Wicked. It's a great, uh, great watch. Gives you the I enjoy it. Complete experience. I like the map tracking fan. where you are on, on, on the country. It's very good. I like that. It's a small thing, but <laughs> I like that detail. It's very good. So make sure, yeah, make sure you, if you haven't subscribed to it on YouTube that you do, and if you're not following the Twitter feed, make sure you don't follow. Yeah, because there's always a good stat on there. So um yeah, so thanks Mike. Uh, we'll come back to um your thoughts a bit later on, but we will crack on now with the supporters club uh, with their updates. Now a new trip to tell you about this week as coaches for our big European away day to Wrexham on Saturday the twenty fourth of November. We'll leave the supporters club at eight AM for a three o'clock kickoff. Adult fare for this one's just twenty eight quid with £25 for concessions and children aged 15 or under travel at half price but must be accompanied by an adult. There is a £3 surcharge for non-members and you can book this one uh, in the supporters club um, at the Bromley match or you can call the travel line on 077-22-135-970. That's 077-22-135-970. And the ever-popular Christmas Beer Festival returns on Thursday the 20th of December. That starts at 5 o'clock with beers from the Mighty Oak Brewery and others. Yeah, sounds like a great so, event. So, great evening, yeah. And that Wrexham game looks like it's going to be a very big game. Obviously, Wrexham's top of the table. We're second. I think that is going to be a full-up coach. So, if you're debating it now, I'd, I'd get probably in. get on the blower. Because you're and book probably it too late to book a train and get it at a decent fare as well. Yeah, absolutely. And as always... Let's give a plug to our chairman's book. So the Challenge Culture is available now in all good bookshops as Nigel Travis writes about his career at large and successful organisations and talks about how the best way for organisations to succeed in today's environment (coughs) is to embrace challenge and encourage pushback. He covers the worlds of video, quick service restaurants and the purchase of Leighton Orient peppered with many humorous events that have occurred throughout his career. So you can get the book today right now at amazon.co.uk or at your favourite local bookshop and that's The Challenge Culture by the T-Dog, the Endmeister, Big Nige. Come on, Christmas is coming up. If you're an O's fan, I'm sure you're going to want to read that one so get your copy now. I've started reading it. Oh, have you? It's enjoyable, yeah. Is it? It is good. Yeah. Mine is by my bedside. I need to finish my I'll read it on the geeky train. book about aliens before I can go and Okay, read, uh, that's fine. Read Nige's, but yeah, if you haven't bought it, go and buy it. Cool. So, moving on then, congratulations to Kent Teague and his family on the occasion of his daughter's wedding last week, Saturday. So, congratulations, Kent, to you, Chris, and the family. We hope that uh, they have many happy, healthy, successful years together. Absolutely. Very nicely done. So, moving on into the week that was on course on Monday, the 29th of October, and it was a quiet day at the club as the O's prepared for the upcoming visit 
to Eastleigh whilst episode 158 with the host chief scout Steve Foster and co-host Matt Turk was taking the listening airwaves by storm. So if you've not had a chance to listen yet, then make sure you do, as this was one of our most insightful episodes to date. I thought Steve, like you said at the beginning, Paul, was really good, really honest, kind of yeah. gave a great overview of what it's like to be a scout at a club. We talked about his relationship with Danny and Justin and Ross and Martin, and it was really enjoyable. So if you're not listening yet, make sure you do. That's yeah. episode 158. The honesty part came for me when he was saying about the fact that there are a few that have slipped through the net. There are a few gems that you naturally just, you know, you can't find every player's not going to always work out. And he was quite honest about that. And I, I, it was really endearing. The thing that excited me was that there's a Marvel Ekpateta. Oh yeah, and there's another one as well. Yeah, Calvin Ekpateta. Come on, get them both in the building. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> well, we could have done with one yesterday, couldn't we? Yeah. And Craig Clay could have paid in centre mid. Anyway, to Hue Tuesday, then the 30th of October, and Rule Satoru joined Chelmsford City on a one-month loan deal. So good luck at Chelmsford Rule. Yeah, good luck to Rule. And in a hugely anticipated greater gameplay opened at the Waterloo East Theatre. And there is still time for you to book your ticket as the play runs until Sunday, the 25th of November. So you can book your ticket right now from www.waterlooeast.co.uk. And there's a bit of a feature coming up a bit later in the pod as our own bearded legend went to the very own press night of the greater game. So more coming up on that a bit later on in the podcast. But before that, we move on to Eastleigh away. Yeah, team lined up with Dean Brewing goal, Judd, Coulson, Ekpeteta and Brophy with Dayton, Lee, Clay and Mackinough across the middle and Bond and Karoma up top with Sergeant, Happy, Gorman, Allaby and Harold on the subs bench. Yep, so that meant there was one change to the team that played against Hammond and Waterlooville is James Brophy came in for Sam Lee who was injured in Saturday's match, whilst Matt Harold took James Brophy's place on the bench. And for me, that's exactly the team and the subs bench that I thought would line up for that one. I wasn't really surprised for that. You? Yeah, same, I agree. No no, no real special surprises for me. Mike? No, yeah, pretty much as you would have expected. Expect, yeah. yeah. So we had a few tweets uh, when the team was announced at London. Gary W said, Edinburgh didn't have much choice without Widdison or Ling, but Joby may probably sit a little deeper to give Brophy some support and the occasional option to go forward. Yeah, Gorillas1985 said, thought Lemecca would have made the bench. Alabi and Harold are two alike. The lad needs a chance, otherwise it's a waste of a loan and other clubs will see this and not loan future players to us. Well, that was a fair point, actually. Um, that is a good point, but I thought Palace were only len- len- uh, loaning players out that were guaranteed to be playing, otherwise they weren't going to loan them to a club. Yeah. So that's interesting. And then Justin said that he's not been quite ready for first-team mm. action. There's a bit of a chicken and egg situation there really yeah. well Steve said we've got him until Jan and then we have to make a call whether he stays or he goes but I'm sure if Palace will look and go well he's not playing probably recall him I think he's got to accept though he's real winning side at the moment you can't just expect to walk into a, true a winning well. team you yeah. know especially with Brophy so, on the bench as yeah. well you know who can't get in the team no one's going to get Brophy out of that yeah. off of that subs bench yeah. and over to underscore O underscore Mega so I'm just a tiny bit worried about not having a left back Obviously alluding to the fact Wilson was still suspended. Yeah. yeah. And then Juddy and Ling. Yeah, it was a bit of a unique situation where one was suspended, two, uh, one was injured and we didn't have any. any yeah. Anyway. Always the way. Yeah, so a minute silence was held in memory of the tragedy in Leicester and the match kicked off on a very cold night in Eastleigh um, with Eastleigh in 10th, looking to be our very own National League table toppers as we were at the time. So Mike, how cold was it and what was the atmosphere like when you got into the away end? <laughs> It was a lot colder last season. It okay. was cold, but it wasn't... A lot of bodies around you, so you was... 
Pretty warm, warm yeah. yeah. It weren't too bad. It weren't too bad to be fair, but it's still a bit nippy, though. Yeah, I remember. I liked it a bit warmer. I remember last, last season, season actually. We got the coach. It was freezing, yeah. yeah. It was freezing last season. So it was a quiet first eight minutes, and then the O's had a goal disallowed early on. There's a Charlie Lee long throw, it was flicked on by Marmanek Pateta, came to Josh Caroma at the back post, and Josh simply just headed in. Uh, but the linesman had his flag up. Now, looking back on the TV, I guess we're quite lucky that we can watch TV replays. He looked well onside. Quite onside yeah. to me, I was I, I believe he was. That was at the other end, well. wasn't it? To no, the it was the end your end, yeah. Be where, yeah. And, yeah, I think he's just done. I think he's just done. I agree. Yeah. I agree, but wasn't meant to be. So yeah. that wasn't given. And in the 10th minute, it was Josh again, who was free in an almost identical position, but this time his shot was blocked. Yeah, 21 minutes on the clock then. A Joby McEnough corner is met by a looping header from Charlie Lee that Stajek collected in the uh, Eastley goal. Yeah, 28th minute, James Dayton crossed the ball in, and Charlie Lee is there again, but his header is harmless. So at this point, we're not spoken about Eastley having pretty much any chances in the first half we were having the chances was it yeah we were pretty confident in possession Uh, we just had no real real quality in the final third really maybe a bit slow in in, in possession tempo needs to be a little bit quicker but we looked decent they didn't look a threat at at this point at all Mm. if I'm honest so but we all know uh, yeah when it's coming it didn't look a threat but (laughs) (laughs) so in the 35th minute we went 1-0 down as Eastleigh took the lead through a Josh Hare header from a corner yeah I mean I think it was quite a simple goal just they crossed it in the box Josh Hare big towering player got his head in poor defending we've not been we've not said that too many times this season where we've been beaten from a set piece yeah and when a goal down sounds slightly against some other play um but leaving that with us all to do, no chance for Brill. I thought they mm. kind of just ruined to the spot. Yeah, it's just one of them. Really good the header. Good head. Good header. Good corner. Really, you know, putting a dangerous area. I think it was Charlie Lee lost lost here, and pretty much a free header. And you give anyone, I don't care what level it is, it's something that time to pick out a spot where you want to header a ball. It's good power. Up. It's <clears> nine throat> times throat> out of ten get end up in the back of the net. Yeah. So the O's with goal down, and not much to talk about really for the rest of the half. There's two additional minutes are played, and the O's going trailing one nil at the break. So what's kind of the feeling at half time amongst the away end? Was there kind of resolution, or was more was it kind of hope that we'd get back into it? Confident we'd score. Knew we had goals, goals in us. We just had to improve, work the ball a bit quicker after half time, or in the second half rather, and just make our possession, especially in the final third count, and. Yeah, just move the ball quicker. Just a bit of quality. Yeah. That's all he's asking for. Give, yeah. give Bon a chance or Karoma a chance or even one of the wingers or maybe a, a, a midfielder pushing on. Just just work something, create something and, you know, come out second half and show and I guess you're about. thinking you've trekked all the way down there on a Tuesday mm. night to see a first half <laughs> that's a bit turgid and we've gone in yeah. at 1-0 down. There's probably a few negative. Yeah, definitely. But you, you can't play well every game. That's, that's impossible. Even top sides have off 45 minutes mm-hmm. or off 90 minutes Southampton you know. today <laughs> exactly yeah I think it's about making sure that when you don't play so well you pick up a point yeah yeah. you know pretty much yeah definitely but get the result it's like you said I think we always look dangerous yeah we've always got right, goals but, in us always got you know, goals in us Confident now you've got Alibi who can come off on the mm-hmm. bench Josh can go on the right Brophy can come on the left Joby can go into the middle there's just so many different options yeah. different yeah. systems that Justin can yes. play so we've we aren't looking good. We can switch it up. Yeah. And Justin, so far this season, has done that. Has done that, And yeah. done it well, I would say. Yeah. 
So the attendance for this match was 1,938 with 461 away on a Tuesday night in Eastleigh. I mean, that's nearly like 25% of the crowd. Yeah. Just shy of 25% yeah. of the crowd. That's incredible. Kudos incredible there. numbers. Absolutely. Really is. Kudos to those travelling away fans. So Yost came out with no changes going into the second half. So easily got the second half underway. Corner, which Danny Holland's headed wide. Yeah, 52 minutes. Holland's brought down Macaulay Bond and the O's got a free kick, which Joby McEnough took. His effort only got as far as the Eastley wall. Yeah, so Eastley had another chance on the hour mark. And three minutes later, Macaulay Bond just misconnected with a cross from Craig Clay after good build-up play from the O's. So are we starting to look more yeah, at this point? Yeah, that's the sort of quality you, you was looking for in, you know, overall was really good crossing by Clay. So close to if it gets touched on that, it's probably hitting the back of the net. Mm. It's really unlucky there. Still a bit laboured in possession at the time, easily, but you know, obviously creating chances. Mm. But just had to get hold of that ball, just get hold of the ball and create what we did there with via Craig Clay and hope someone could make the magic happen. Yeah, cool. and that magic. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't too far yeah. away, was it? Because Macabon wasn't to be denied for too much longer. Equaliser coming in the 65th minute as he flicked the ball into the net from a low Miles Judd cross. And that came in from the right, yeah. went across goal, and it was literally an easy tap-in. Yeah. So that's a, they'd be disappointed to give a goal like that away. But for us, great. Yeah, You're talking 65 minutes on the clock here. It's been a bit of a turgid game. Take that all day long. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And still trying to push for a winner. Yes, but also it's still time to, to lose, lose it. <laughs> let's, yeah. you know, let's not, but no, we we we. Uh, I thought we we deserved it. Um, others might disagree, but we were just starting to build a bit of momentum and a bit of bit of pressure. Mm. And in fact, well, in the end, we got uh, got the goal and put us back on level terms. Yeah, so. I'd say you know one thing I've noticed about Bond this season now is his movement and his anticipation of where that ball is yeah. going is has gone up a level. Yeah. So he's always in that right place at the right time. Yeah. The ball was so good from Judd and he was in such a good position that yeah. it would have been harder to miss but a great finish by Bond. Yeah. Good quality ball And another Judd. goal, yeah. <clears throat> another goal for Bond. So really good, really good for me. So could the O's go and do it with 25 minutes left? So six and a half minute, Bond was at it again as he rose to meet Dayton's corner but he headed over the bar. That was quite a difficult chance for that. was really kind of, the pace on the cross made that really difficult to control. Um, so he was unlucky there, I thought Bond. Cool. 76 minutes then. Charlie Lee won the ball back in midfield, drove forward uh, towards goal, but fired over. I thought, for, you know, a shot that he probably took last week against uh, Haven. He's probably thinking, I'll have some of that again. This one was nowhere near the goal, but a decent effort there for Charlie Lee. <laughs> Can't blame him. Confidence. Can't blame him it's confidence. Saturday. He's going to have a go now, isn't he? He's going to think, every time I'm bearing in and no one's closing me down and I see a gap, yeah. I'm going to poke the ball through it. Yeah, absolutely. 82nd minute was the first sub for Orient as Matt Harold replaced James Dayton so Josh Kramer moved onto the right hand side of midfield with Matt Howard going up front I mean at this point are you thinking we can nick a winner or is it kind of oh, definitely hoping for the point always felt we could uh, nick a winner you know, especially with the quality we've got and Matt Howard coming on being an aerial threat we, we were playing a bit direct for a, a fair chunk of the game not I would say most of it but especially first half and we were going fairly direct and I suppose Howard probably was the the right well, actually, especially with their centre-backs and defenders being quite quite big, quite mm, tall. Mm. I think it was probably the right call. Gives a good option, doesn't it? Good op- yeah. yeah, but say it gives a good, uh, good option. Yeah, absolutely. So and just a couple of minutes later. Yeah, chance for Orient as Bomb sees his effort blocked by Strijek in the Eastley goal. 
and the ball was cleared. So a bit of a decent save there from the keeper. It was definitely going in and just used his body to block it. And that was that. Yeah. Um, that was to be the last chance of the game as three minutes of additional time were played out and the full-time whistle went and we walked away from Eastleigh with a point and Justin Edinburgh spoke to Dave Victor after the match. Yeah, so to summarise, uh, Justin was asked if that was a point gained. Justin explained that in this league, every point earned is a good point gained, especially against a very good Eastleigh side. Justin also admitted that his side were not at their best but worked hard to get something from the game. He also said that two passes from Judd and Dayton that led to the equaliser were the best of the match and that Judd would be suspended for the AFC five match on Saturday. Is that five yellows booking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. five yellows for Marlesy Judd. Already, blimey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, league table, so that draw uh, and wins for Salford and Wrexham meant that we slipped from first to third. We now played at this point after Eastley. We played 18 games with one ten drawn seven, only lost one. We've got 37 points on the ball with a huge goal difference of plus 23. I know we say it every week, but we all would have snapped your hand off for that, you know, if we were off Oh, all day long. Before the season started. 18 games, yeah. be fair, but a point behind the leaders and a much, at this point, superior goal difference. We all would have gone, yes, please. Yeah. Thank you very much. All day long. So cool. All day long. Your views on the game then, Mr. Levy? I'd have happy, happily taken a point before kickoff. So for me, um, yeah, absolutely no problem with that at all and hearing a lot of people say we weren't at our best but credit to Easley you know they weren't going to be rolled over like Haven or, or the Braintrees uh, disappointing uh, result for us only because Salford and Wrexham both won so the pressure really is always on uh, to win would have taken four points from the two games so that's Haven and this one uh, which had potential to be huge banana skins and by the way Haven went on and won 7-0 that night they did Against Maidenhead, who had their keeper sent off. So I've got one of my mates is a Haven mm. fan, and he said that 4 0, Maidenhead were the better team. He said, he said Maidenhead were the better team. Really? Yeah, he said oh, it was wow. one of the most bizarre games he's ever seen. But yeah, fair play to Haven. Uh, my views for me, not a bad point at all under the circumstances <laughs> on a horrible cold Tuesday night. Sounds like we had the better of the chances until Eastley opened the scoring. Got to say, well played to Bond on another goal this season. And from the chances created, sounds like we may have gone on to win it. Definitely for me, one point gained as opposed to two points dropped. Uh, with the only negative being the wins for Salford and Wrexham, uh, pushing us down to third. But by only a point though, so all to play for against Fylde on Saturday. So Mike, what were your views on the game? Happy with the point? Disappointed? Tuesday night game, always take a point away from home at the yeah. end of the day. Um, with Fylde coming up, I'll be honest, I was a little bit disappointed we didn't get more out of the game because I've always thought Fylde would be a tough game. Um, you never know what what would uh, what would really come of that game. So, as a whole, points. Like Justin said, a point in this gained in this league is always a positive. But at the time, I was a bit bit dejected, thinking because I thought we could have won that game. Yeah. But again, point away from home on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Has, you know, as they always say respect the point. Absolutely respect the point. Anyone stand out for you on Tuesday? Oof. Not really. Bond for his goal, I guess. He just pops up and scores. Or judge for the cross. Judd, yeah. I mean, midfield weren't fantastic on, uh, on Tuesday. But like you said, we didn't play well, still got a point. Yeah. Still got a point. Yeah. You know, that's that's the key thing. That's how Not you playing get, well that's how you get and getting points, and, that's, and that that's is how you, you get up there or thereabouts. Yeah. Or, 
if hopefully eventually get out of this league. Yeah, million percent. So those were our views. So your views. So we get a huge amount of feedback after the match. So thank you to all the views that we get that come into our social media accounts during, before and after games. And we try and read <coughs> as many out as possible. And just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. So to start off with a very, very controversial tweet, lots of responses to this one from Les LK 52 who said, seems to me if Bond doesn't score... We don't score. So lots of criticism for this tweet from Les. Obviously, but there were a few that agreed, but more that didn't. More that didn't. Obviously, the week before we'd won 4 0 with three different goal scorers. Um, an interesting, interesting tweet there. Yeah, really interesting. Um, and it doesn't hurt to have these thoughts and, and for people Absolutely. to put them out. Yeah. Uh, at Dax Dudar said, in this situation with the league being so tight, it doesn't really matter where we are. The league's always changing. Don't focus on others yet. We just need to focus on us and pick up a good amount of points over a period of time. We're on course for 94 points. Yep. And uh, Quain, Romain, uh, Quain Roman said, Saturday is a must-win game now. We can't afford to fall away from Salford, who look as if they'll never lose. However, a decent point should have gone two one ahead in the dying minutes through Bon. Roll on forward. Yeah. George Girk says we weren't firing on all cylinders today. A few missed touches and errors in places, but that is a good point and well earned as we were looking dangerous for the first twenty minutes, but we are still undefeated away in the league and it doesn't matter who's top until April. I like that point. It's a good point. It doesn't matter who's top of that league until April. Exactly. We had Kent on before who says it's not about where we are now, it's about where we are when it ends so and it's fine to be here now as long as we're top come come the end of Absolutely. the end of the season Samuel double underscore more said Ekpiteta was solid at the back tonight between him and Bon for man of the match rest of the team looked lethargic at times uh, Stu Fuck says good point away they were dangerous from set pieces but felt the O's had another gear but couldn't get through a well-drilled home defence on to the next one yeah, O's fan basics is not great. We didn't do enough and they pressed and defended well. An off day for Mackinoff. Decent point in the end as I couldn't see us scoring with 30 minutes to go. Big Ads LOFC said, What is wrong with Orient supporters? We're in the top three. We're winning games we would have lost last season and we're drawing games we would have lost last season. Just be happy we're up there competing in a tough league against tough opponents. I think that's a really good point yeah, as well. People are getting carried away. It's only November. A very positive tweet there. Yeah. Uh, Billy Carroll 21 uh, apart from Bon we have no goal scorers signing Lemeca was, was a complete waste of time and it doesn't look uh, doesn't seem to get a look in must win at Fylde on Saturday otherwise teams will start to run away at least we got a point yeah, yeah. at Lubet 84 since before the game I would have said three points but coming from a goal down I will take the point Fylde on Saturday is a must win with all the teams around us winning and slowly but surely Salford are catching up with us and goal difference yeah, PM31970 said, huffed and puffed, but lacked someone willing to shoot around the box. One time we put a quality ball in the box, we scored. Need another striker who can score desperately. Oyen Sphincter, Dayton, McEnough and Brophy all had huge off days. So to get a point was more than acceptable. They were, they were there for the take-in, but I'll never grumble too much about an away point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pandemonium1881 says, a point gained, but just a shame it wasn't all free. Lots of the ball, but seemed a little timid once again around the box. Build-up play reasonable, but didn't help with constant fouling from Eastley. And two awful non-advantages given by the ref, but we're still in there pitching and still only the one loss. Good point, well made there. Uh, at Ian Tutton said, Poor first half, Brophy isn't a full-back, not fair to him. Had the chances to win, but didn't seem to have the intensity of some of the previous games. And the final word, Mr Brown. 
uh, Andy PO16, loads of possession without creating clear chances, easily tactics with defending numbers, allow the possession but counter or pounce on the mistake, nearly worked, credit to the lads for getting back into the game. So thank you for all your tweets on the Eastley game, um, sorry we couldn't read them all out, if we did we'd literally be here all night. So moving on to the Prediction League update then, so well done to Atlatas underscore C at Spenno011, at Dennis Orion at Wadsey, at Leighton Ori, at Richie J Bourne, at Wallerud. David Barry and Floodgates, who all predicted one all, but a massive kudos to PM31970 at Wingsmad and at Boats, who predicted one all and Mac to score. So take the maximum four points, and there'll be a full table update after the AFC fold game. Well done. It always impresses me that people can predict that. I know it's a guess and it's a lottery, but it's still impressive. I think one all body is the standard go to if you're not sure what's going to happen in it. One's got to be one of your scores if you're going for one or more goals. Yeah, you would have thought so. Yeah. Wednesday the 31st, quiet day, nothing to report um, on that day, but on Thursday the 1st of November, the under 18s were in action at the Brea Group Stadium against Southend United in the first round of the FA Youth Cup with a tie against Charlton or Whitehawk awaiting the winners. And it turned out to be a bit of a cracker of a match, actually, as Orient were 2 0 up by the 25th minute thanks to goals from Charles Claydon and Jaden Phillips before Southend pulled one back just before the break before the O's restored their two goal lead in the 63rd minute through uh, Bradley McLenahan uh, to make it 3-1 but as the game went on injuries took their toll Southend pulled a goal back in the 86th minute and equalised in the 94th minute to send the game into extra time and just as it looked like penalties were on the cards Southend scored in the 120th minute to win the game 4-3. Heartbreaking. 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 Sounds like an absolute cracker of a match. Unlucky to the young O's. I think they played Southend in the league about three weeks ago and lost 5-0. So to lose 4-3 uh, in that game, there's you know... In extra time. In extra time. With Southend scoring with the last kick in normal time. And sounds like the last kick of extra time. There's no shame in that. So unlucky to the young O's. So while the under-18s were in action, our own bearded legend, Mr Paul Levy, yep. went Hello. to see the greater gameplay. Uh, at the press night at the Waterloo East Theatre. So, Mr Levy, what did you think of the play? I actually thought it was stunning. A really, really amazing play. A, a story that we're all pretty familiar with. Yeah. But the way that Michael has sort of jinked it about a bit and rewritten it, I have to say, absolutely stunning play. Really, really, really well acted. You can tell the quality of the of the actors that they, that he's got, how they've got these guys. I just don't know, and and girls, obviously. Um, so, if anyone's seen it before, you're seeing the same story told slightly differently. It is so worth going to see it again. Uh, just book a ticket and go. The acting is outstanding. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. After the show, though, there was a, a gathering at a bar in Waterloo, a sports bar in Waterloo Station. Uh, very fortunate enough to be able to catch up with um, EXO uh, player and very much involved in this project, uh, Peter Kitchen, uh, and also Steve Jenkins, whose book uh, the play uh, was actually uh, based on. So um, it's about 10 minutes worth, but um, Peter's the first up, uh, just over four minutes. So here's what Peter uh, Kitchen had to say. Um, off the back of uh, obviously the press night tonight at the Walter Louise Theatre, um, very different kind of show to what we saw the first time round. How did you become involved in this? Let's start at the beginning. Oh, um, well, I, I um, I've always had a great interest in the great in the Great War and World War One from from when I was at school. 
And uh, coming from an in South Yorkshire where you had the PALS, most of the PALS battalions were formed in the north of England. Okay. So I had that background and um, for many years I, I've been going to the Somme after a chance visit in 1980 uh, with a group of friends. So we toured the battlefields and I was fascinated with it. It brought the reality of the area back to life, shall I say, from all the studying that I've done. And... Um, Steve Jenkins, I learned that he was researching the story and he asked me if I'd get involved and and uh, I wrote the foreword for his book uh, and then when Michael heard about the story, he wrote the play and the three of us got together and we looked at how we could bring this, you know, to life and um, we did a few read-throughs with, with some quite, you know, well-known actors um, but we couldn't get it off, you know, we couldn't get it off the ground. We couldn't get the, the proper funding that we needed. And then three years ago, we were fortunate enough to um, liaise with the, the British Legion who, who funded or sponsored us, shall I say, in terms of um, their initiative for uh, remembering what sportsmen and footballers had done in the Great War. And then, then this this particular time, we wanted to, to try and resurrect the players. It's the last chance of ever doing that because it's you know the centenary uh, of the end of the war. And um, fortunately, through the various contacts we had, we managed to get the funding through the um, through the Football Remembers Initiative. And so, from your perspective, being an ex-player, having felt you know obviously the journey that some of these guys have come on. You're from the north, as you said earlier. Um, obviously, there's lots of um, teams that signed up, but what was it about the Orient story that sort of grabbed you? Well, I think I think um, initially it's the fact that Orient did, you know, as Steve's book says, they took the lead. They, you know, there were other footballers that, that enlisted, but the Orient ones were they enlisted en masse, and it's a unique story. And I think it it sort of epitomises the community spirit that, that the O's have and, it, and and have to this day, you know, and a lot of ex-players like myself, you know, we still come back because we're made to feel very welcome and there's, you don't always get that at some other clubs. So, you know, I think the story is just fantastic in terms of its uniqueness. It's a true story. And if, you know, we, we often say if it, if it was Chelsea or Arsenal or Manchester United, someone would have turned it into a, into a film now. But, you know, it's, it's Orient, which is a Cinderella club. It's everyone's second club. Um, and, but it's got a great community spirit. And I think this story epitomises that contribution. So anyone that is perhaps not sure if they want to come and see it or has seen it before thinks they might be coming to see the same play that they saw last time, what message would you say to them? Oh, it's, I mean, it's been uh, redrafted, shall I say. Michael's redone the script. We've got a new director. Um, we've, we've tried to make it a little bit more... Um, shall I say it, it's quicker in its movement but in the second part it's more hard hitting there's more emotion I think there's more of the the horrors of war and I think that comes through but but throughout the whole play the, the camaraderie the team spirit the friendship that seems to still come through the whole play even though they're in they experience these terrible conditions in the trenches and on the western front but they still maintain that team spirit and i think that's what makes it very special thank you very much peter thank you
So that was um, ex-Orient player and legend, all-round legend, uh, Peter Kitchen speaking to me, uh, actually in Waterloo Station, so that was all the background noise uh, for that. Um, I've got to say, that is Peter Kitchen's Orient Outlook podcast debut. It is. So a massive thank you to Peter for making the time. It'd be good to get Peter on a more extended interview uh, at some point to talk about his own career, but well done, that was a good interview. Thanks. And the only um, one... No, we're, we're joined by um, Steve Jenkins as well. Um, if you remember, a couple of years ago we had Steve on. I think we are we were outside the supporters club. We asked him one question, ago. and twelve minutes later, yeah. um, he just answered all of our questions in one go. So it's perfect. So yeah, got just over five minutes with uh, with Steve after the uh, uh, after the uh, uh, showing as well. So uh, here's what Steve Jenkins had to say. Steve, thanks very much for, for joining us and thanks for having us tonight. What a wonderful play. And it's the same play but different. Same story, but with some adjustments and changes to really accentuate the importance of, of the story. Uh, the greater game is based on my book that took the lead, which tells the story of Captain Orient's involvement in the Great War. We no less than 41 players, staff and supporters joined up into the Footballers' Battalion. Uh, it's a story that's been waiting to be told for so many years. Um, and I'm so proud that I managed to pick up on a couple of chapters in one of Neil Kaufman's books, Orient FC, A Pictorial History, in the mid-70s, which I think has got two paragraphs about the whole story. And uh, I bought the book at that time, and then I was still growing up as a young dad at the time. And uh, I suppose in the late 90s, I started to think about things a bit more seriously as I, as I matured. And one of the things was looking into the Orient's history more, in more detail. And I went back to those two chapters and just picked out the names of the three lads that were killed. Uh, William Jonas, uh, Richard McFadden and George Scott. And I thought, well, there's got to be more to it than that. So I gave the names to my neighbour who had a computer. In those days, not everyone had a computer, but he yeah, did. Yeah. I said, can you put this into your computer and see what happens? And I gave him the list and he put the names in and their names come up straight away. It almost hit us in the face on the Commonwealth War Graves Commission website and it gave the details of the lads and where their memorials are and resting places in France. And then I decided that I wanted to go over and visit the, those places. There was no sat-navs around, so I then asked them to produce uh, what's called a Michelin guide, a route march or a route, route plan for the cars. And I went over with my wife and David Dodds and Dennis Bearfield from the Supporters Club. Did over 400 miles in one day, going to places that we hadn't been to before, so it was very hard. And then to stand by the graves of those Orient Fallen, probably for the being visited for the first time in 90 years at the time because it, no one knew no they one were there, knew were there. the, the families had moved told. on that's right yeah and it was an incredible and very powerful and proud moment for us all and in driving back to calais david dodd turned around to me when i was in the car and said you should write a book about this and that's what i did you did i suddenly What's realized it called? it's called they took the lead yeah um i suddenly realized i had so much information for my research the first thing i just needed to do was get it all in chronological order and then I wrote about our trip to France, visiting the graves, and before I knew where I was, I had two or three chapters in place. So, a couple of years ago, yeah. um, Michael Head, or three years ago maybe, it's slightly longer, uh, Michael Head picked up on this story, approached you, and uh, the first iteration, if you like, of the greater game uh, played out at the Southwark Playhouse. Yes. Unfortunately, I was lucky enough to go and see that. But this, this play is different, although it tells the same story, it is different. Um, and I guess from people that perhaps saw the last play, mm. what would you say to those that, mate, well, I've seen it, I well, don't need to see it again? What, what, they, what they must do is, is give this play a chance. It's different, it's more powerful, it's more serious, it's more emotional, and you shouldn't compare it to the first production at all. Um, it's a 
different stage layout as well, which uh, when the Southwark Playhouse is put in the round, it's called obviously the stages in the middle of the, and everyone's seated around it. But this one, it's conventional with the stage at one end. And having said that, uh, this particular theatre where we are now, the Waterloo East, has got a far higher reputation in the theatre industry. That's the reason why Michael and Adam Morley decided to bring the production to this venue rather than go back to the Southwark Playhouse. This story isn't over yet. Although the story's been told, the project will roll on and on and on. And we're hoping, really hoping, that we can get it back out again next year, maybe on a limited tour throughout the country. There's some big football towns and, and cities that have already shown an interest in this. And we'll be pinpointing those on some future meetings, hopefully, to tell the story throughout the land. And it'd be amazing and brilliant if we could get back to the Orient as well with a production actually on, in, in the stadium. Uh, finale. Well, maybe, finale but the story the will never finish. You know, as people approach us and we're talking about uh, TV possibilities and, and possibly films and that, but it's so easy to say this now, it all comes down to money and finance. So we will sit down in the cold light of day when this production's over and see what options we have available. But it's been very promising. It's only been shown three times. I've been to every production so far, every performance, should I say, since the start. I'm not here tomorrow, but here on Saturday with my wife. And, uh, you know, I'm, I feel very, very much at home. And may I say also that the families of the Fallen are coming to the show as well. We've already had representatives of the McFadden's and Jonas's come in the past two days. This Saturday we've got the Scots coming and there's more than one branch of the family coming as well or the families coming throughout the production and we know the Orient's coming we've got some players coming during next week and some of the management and we've also got the, uh, uh, the principal owner of principal finance should I say uh, Ken Vesta that's the word I'm looking yeah. for money is money and, but Kent is more than that Kent's charisma and enthusiasm for the club um, really sets the standards for other clubs to follow and he'll be here on the last night of the production having changed his business commitments to come to see the show and I think that shows you just how much Orient think of not only the story but what the project's all about and everyone involved with the project all the actors and cast and uh, the management and the backroom team who've worked their socks off and again credit to Orient for allowing everyone to use the facilities at uh, the Braille's Group Stadium for the rehearsals which has been fantastic and that gave a really good link to the club and the cast right from day one Steve, thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure. Thank you, thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. So that was Steve Jenkins, um, whose book the they took the lead, uh, the play is based on. So thank you very much, Steve. Thanks to Michael Head. Thanks to Peter Kitchen as well for having us. Um, and again, go and go and see this play. It is an awesome, awesome play. Extremely well acted. Very well known actors that are in it people that have had parts in huge, huge, huge Hollywood blockbuster type films. So they are of an extremely high pedigree. Um, you will not be dis... I think it's like 19 quid for an evening out. Yeah, so it's like we mentioned, if you want to book up, you can book at www.waterlooeast.co.uk. We are back there on the 17th of November and I look forward to seeing it because I wasn't there yep. on um, Thursday. So I can't wait for that one. So moving on into Mooney Friday, the 2nd of November. And it was another quiet day at the club as the first team made a long journey up the country to prepare for their upcoming game at AFC Fold. Yep, on Saturday the 3rd of November, so it's yesterday as we record this, the youth team were in action. Uh, the under-18s were away at Cambridge and won the game 2-1. Well done to the young O's, fantastic. Go on there, young O's. And in the main event, as the O's played AFC Fold <coughs> away in the National League. So the team was announced, Dean Bruin goal, back four of Clay, Coulson, Ekpatetta and Wadowson, with a midfield of Mackinough, Lee, Gorman and Dayton with Bond and Karoma up top on the subs bench. There was Sam Sargent, Happy, James Brophy, James Allaby, 
and that helped. Yeah, Joe Widdison came back into the starting eleven as he'd now served his three-match ban uh, following his sending off against Hartlepool. Dal Gorman started in central midfield as Craig Cray... Say that again. Craig Clay started at right-back as Sam Ling was injured and Miles Judd uh, had to serve a one-match ban, as we mentioned earlier, for five yellow cards. Yes, I mean, strong team again. Uh, not worried about Clay at right back, but Justin had so many options. He could have put Lawless in midfield. He could have kept Clay where he was and put Lawless at right back. So many different things he could have done. He could have maybe brought George back and put him at right back and moved the defence over. I don't think George happy. Is There's lots of different things agile that he, that he enough. could have done. So for right back, so really good to see. Any surprises there for you two chaps? Uh, with Clay going at right back and um, Gorman playing and Lee, I was surprised not to see maybe Lawrence on the bench um, yeah. as a as a another central midfield option just in case we want to switch it about a bit. Um, but yeah, listen, I, I, I trust Justin through the roof at the yeah. moment, so no no real complaints. At, at, yeah, what he speaks. I agree with that as well, and I thought that maybe it adopted, uh, there was a few people that thought he might have been doing three at the back mm. with uh, five across the midfield, three, four, yeah. one, two, something like that. But he, he likes conventional four, four, two, Justin. So he rarely deviates uh, away from that. Yep. So there's a minute silence before kickoff to mark the hundredth anniversary of the end of World War One. So the match kicked off as it was third against fifth with AFC Fylde in good form, looking for their fourth win on the trot and not having conceded a league goal in 610 minutes, uh, knowing a win against the O's would see them climb above us in a National League, so all to play for. Absolutely, and no sooner had the match started and we took the lead, see what I did there, um, with just four minutes on the clock as a long ball uh, was played into the foul box. Josh Caroma went up uh, strongly with a foul defender and the ball found its way to Bon, who was inside the box and he finished emphatically past the foul keeper. Having seen the highlights, that's a really, really solid goal. Very good goal. Really good Great goal. Great finish by Bon. If you're a Fylde fan, you could probably say Josh went in strongly, but we see him given, we see him not given. But once the chance is there for Bon, what a finish in the way. And what a bit mental, it's best to say, after four minutes. Absolutely. Scenes. Yeah. <laughs> early, do- early scenes. Yeah. Early scenes. And if it, it's the thing is, if you don't turn up on time, you turn up five minutes late, you've missed a goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'd be gutted as well. I wouldn't you? all that way. So what was it like anyway, and then to see that ball hit that net? Doesn't matter where you are, home or away. It's it's always great to see the ball hit the back of the net, especially five minutes in. Set the tone, tone for us, and fans were went absolutely radio rental. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> you know? So one up after four minutes, but disaster in the ninth minute was Charlie Lee sustained an injury that meant he couldn't carry on. So he was replaced by James Brophy. So a slight reshuffle sees Joby moving to the central mid, and Brophy goes to the left wing. So you can see again the strength and depth we have. Where Charlie unfortunately has to come off, but we bring along. <coughs> Player like James yeah. Brophy and Mark and Joby moving into the middle, so you know we're not looking at it going. Oh, that's we're going to be weakened because of that. We go right. True, but then it goes back to what you said about having Lawless on the bench. That'd have been a like for. Sounds like, like I said that just because of what's happened, but I, I, I did generally think that at the time. If you know, if if anything did kind of happen, essential especially with two strikers. I know they're kind of different. One gives you really an aerial threat, holds the ball up, and one gives you pressing from the front. Yeah, um, I thought it was. Should, he probably should have been on the bench, but yeah, then yeah. never change a winning team, or you know, uh, or uh, yeah, you know, uh, like I said, we said about Lemecca earlier, it's hard to get into a winning team when it's but, working. But what's Alex yeah. Lawless got to do to get in the side? He, he won't change. He won't get in unless injuries or suspensions. Mm. He won't change. I but agree. we had injuries and suspensions. He still didn't get in. Yeah, what more? He's got that? Allaby and Harold on the bench, and not like you said, yeah. like not him. Yeah. So he's got to be thinking to himself, like, are we going to move him on in January, possibly, or? 
know. Certainly come the I end of the not. season. I hope not. I yeah. think he'll be a very good player on his day. So it happens. Time tells. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What well, was turned out to be a very entertaining match. Fold equalised in the 20th minute as leading marksman Danny Rowe picked up the ball just outside the area and let fly. Dean Brill got a hand to it, but it wasn't enough as the pace on the ball was too much. And it was one off. Danny Rowe, good hit, to be fair. Disappointing. Brill was unlucky. You thought so? I was disappointed to concede a goal like that. From, in terms from, dis- of... from distance, could Brill have got down a bit quicker if you're going to be a bit more critical? Um, could someone have... Has to be closed down. Closed down. You're letting a guy like Danny Rowe, 25 yeah. yards out, be un- unchallenged, yeah. unimpeded in yeah. any way. He's got clear sight of goal at 23, 24, can't, 5 can't yards out. Can't give someone that quality time on the ball. I, I, I don't feel finish. So. It was. It was. Yeah. It, I, as a filed supporter, I'd be yeah. delighted with that goal. But that's like like the Charlie Lee goal, thirty-five yeah. yards out. Why has he not been closed down yeah. last week against Haven? I think you, you'd ask questions. Haven't you'd be disappointed yeah. to see that goal go in? As I am now to see that. I think goal as go a in. keeper or as a defender, you'll be disappointed in seeing the goal from 25, 30 yeah. yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's a good strike, hard and low. Like you said, maybe maybe could have got that in a little bit quicker. Yeah. But say some. Made him into a late one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So over the next 15 minutes, Fold looked to capitalise on their equaliser and had some good chances, in particular Craig Clay, who was playing right back, needed to be alert in the 26th minute to prevent a fouled attack. And Joe Wooderson did well at the back post in the 35th minute to stop their man putting them ahead. So at this point, we're feeling the pressure of Fold kind of sensing blood or. Yeah, especially with the change with, with Lee going off and, and Joby playing in a, in a position which really isn't his, his most natural. You're starting to. You're kind of fearing the worst, especially yeah. with with Fyle get back getting back into the game. Um, they had a fair, fair bit of the ball, decent on the ball, just no real quality in the final third. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, so I took the next tweet from the club's official Twitter feed in the 38th minute. Brilliant passage of uh, play by Orient as Josh Caroma makes a brilliant half pitch run before the ball works his way out to Gorman, and his curled effort was just inches wide. And there were 43 minutes on the clock. Josh Kramer picks the ball up on the left-hand side of the foul box, <coughs> drives further towards goal using his trickery and a few step-overs, gets himself into a good position with the outside of the boots, smashes the ball past the foul keeper to give the O's a 2-1 lead just before half-time. What a goal. Fantastic. What an absolute goal. Take a bow. If that, that's got to be in his collection, <laughs> like on his video clip collection for later on in life that he can show the kids and the grandkids, you know, that's what I did. That was a terrific goal. I think for me that goal's got everything. It's got speed, it's got skill, it's got power on the shot, it's got composure that, you know, and has been into his game over the last year. It was good to see the away end knock the uh, floorboards over. I saw that on, on the highlights. I saw two of them go over. Yeah. yeah. But what, yeah. I mean, in the way that must have just been absolute mayhem. I mean, especially with a goal like that, it's always nice to see a, a special goal like that. Messi beat two players and just lamp it in, yeah. in the roof and in there. Yeah. What a lot of time as well. Send the fans in into raptures, you know. Because like we said, at, the, at that point, filed a kind of put a bit of pressure. Get that up before half time. Seems different team talk. Different team talk. Much easier team talk for Justin. More the same, please, boys. Crack yeah, on. Yeah, it just shows you how far Josh has come 100%. over the last six months to a year. Now one of the first names 100%. you would say on the team sheet that Bon Karama partnership yeah. really starting to develop. And now, I think if we didn't see him on that team sheet, I guess we'd all be surprised. Yeah. To start point and six months ago we were not saying that. Yeah, so right, all exactly. you can do is say kudos to to Josh for making that other place in the striking partnership his. It was always up for grabs who was going to be the right partner alongside him. 
Yeah. Um, and he does do a lot of running and pulling defenders apart and yeah. creating spaces, yeah. opening up spaces. So really good to see. So four minutes of additional time have played out and the referee brought the half-time to a close with the score uh, 2-1 Orient with Bon and Caroma uh, with those goals. So a fantastic first half from Orient. Yeah, I think we would have taken that, being 2-1 up at half-time. Oh. To fold, especially with the Charlie Lee injury and them equalising and then us retaking the lead. I think we would have, again... Bitting your hand off to go 100%, into the yeah. yeah. I think we would have taken 1 1 at half time, in all, in all fairness. It would be the way they was kind of coming at us uh, towards the end of of that half and getting the goal in 35 minutes. Yeah, over the moon, if I'm honest. Yeah. yeah. At that point, you're thinking the trip's worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> so the attendance was announced at 2,142, and against bigger away numbers, as 394 Orient fans made the journey. So kudos to. Those fans think it was an 8am departure at the Supporters Club. That is an early... That's, like, that's an all-dayer. That is an all-dayer because you're not getting back till 9, 10 o'clock yeah. at night, right? What surprises me is that, although that, that's a Saturday, but more fans went on a Tuesday night down to the South Coast. And that's a two-and-a-half-hour journey as well. Two-hour journey, depending on where you live in the country. From, from East London, that's a two-hour journey. Yeah. On a Tuesday, on a Tuesday for easy, but yeah, surprise, fantastic away it's support great. as always. Yeah, it's great. Second half kicked off, no substitutions uh, for Orient, so we started the half with the players that left the field at the end of the first half. Yeah, there were just seven minutes of the second half gone. Karoma was at it again as a long ball from Willowson found McCauley Bond. He played the ball to Karoma, who still had lots to do. He gets himself into the area, gives the keeper the old eyes, <laughs> shoots fast and low, and the lead has been extended to three-one. For me, I think that was a great finish from Josh. Uh, really good when I first saw it I thought it had actually been deflected because of the way the keeper goes the other way when I actually watched it again he doesn't he just literally looks up and gives the keeper the eyes and the defender to finish it so really good and Justin would also be delighted he would have said Henry Ross would have gone right first 10-15 minutes let's get a goal kill the game off kill their fans off um, and put the game to bed and that's exactly what we've done a fantastic goal yeah exactly but there's still loads of time for for the game to evolve uh, differently, but uh, obviously, spoiler alert, we all know uh, how it ends. Um, with a lot of the game still to play, Josh Coulson to the rescue in the 61st minute as he made a terrific block to stop Bond following a foul corner routine, and Joby McEnough picking up a booking, McEnough picking up a booking just a minute later. Yeah, the 61st minute, it's probably a game changer uh, at this point. Dean Dil- Brill keeps the score at 3 1 as Taz Dima turns and shoots and it's clearly going in like into the far corner uh, you see one of the foul players actually with their hand up about to go and run off and celebrate it and Brill somehow gets his hand there to turn the ball Amanda Post fantastic save in a game changing moment because if that goes to 3-2 around that time we've got 25 minutes to defend for our lives fantastic save I mean, that's goes, almost as good as a goal on it but goes for a lot of bodies as well so he does really well to, to get down and, and, and tip it tip it away from the goal crucial save yeah, at that point in the game, if I'll get one back, you're probably thinking back to the wall stuff here. But it's going to be super keeping. Yeah, fantastic save. Another save to the collection of Dean Brill this season. There's been money. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's game. Sorry, it's things like that that mean that that stop you from being super critical of him mm. against the Eastley goal because Absolutely. it's games like that where he's making saves that stop yeah. that pressure suddenly becoming unbearable for us. I think he gets a lot of unfair criticism. I agree, Dean Brill. Um, very good shot stopper. Very, very good shot stopper. He'll keep you in games. He has kept us in games. He, has, yeah. uh, he made a save easily, although it was offside, it was a point blank header. And his reactions to that were, were yeah. incredible. Even though it, it wouldn't have been a goal, 
obviously because he was offside he didn't know that he didn't know that at the time he was making the save he's right. made a lot of good saves for us kept in a lot of games yeah I mean, it's, he, it's, a lot of it's difficult pitches, isn't it yeah, he makes any great saves in one error we're talking about the error we're talking about the save are we yeah and an error that you make in goal usually leads to the other side scoring so it's really unforgiving Bond can sky 10 over the bar and he can put one in the net we're talking about his goal so it's yeah. It's, it's really a, a real it's contrast. It's a tough life being a keeper. Tough life being a keeper. Who would be one? Um, so we're going to fast forward now from the 63rd minute to the 80th minute because not much really happened after after that save. Unless of, we've missed something. A lot of wasted stuff from far. A lot of possession. A lot of balls into the box. Well defended. And a lot of wild shots, really. Okay. Course and Lake Potato probably don't get the credit they deserve yeah. when we rounded up a match because they're just keeping the attacks at bay. Yeah. As opposed to us keep, you know, to go through mm-hmm. them. So again, massive kudos. Yeah. James Alab. Yeah, James Alabi replaced James Dayton in the 80th minute, and five minutes later we had a free kick just outside the far box, which Joby crossed in, but Bond put over the bar. Yeah, I mean, four-one would have been an absolutely outrageous. It would have been scoreline in the 90th minute. Uh, the club tweeted the O's breakthrough brophy as Bond squares to Karoma and his effort is well saved. The command- Patrick, yeah. And we're still going for it, even in the 90th minute. Again, it shows you the fitness, though. The team's still fit, still yeah, looking. 100%. And that's something that, again, we've commented on lots of times this season. We look yeah. fitter, we look sharper. Those last 15, 20, when we would sometimes concede a goal, now yeah. we are the team most times. Yeah, yeah. late goals we score. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the part-time clubs that you can see that don't yeah. do so and much on the fit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Uh, five minutes uh, of additional time uh, was added on and Fylde sent an effort over well over in the first minute of added time and the header went wide in the final minute as we managed to hang on to a convincing 3-1 win away from home to take all three points leaving the travelling O's fans jubilant which is probably a bit of an understatement yeah a massive massive result when you consider you know getting a point against Eastleigh you're thinking oh, I've got far coming up that we could go into that game and easily lose it especially with their defensive records not having considered a goal for 10 hours yeah, yeah. You know, the quality of Danny Rowe and we could we could easily go into the game and lose it. But that is a fact that's a statement. That's an absolute statement that result. Going to fold, knocking them over three one, cheers. Thanks for the three points. You yeah. know, videos here. Yeah, Wrexham and Salford would have been rubbing yeah. their hands at that tie game, right? Yeah. That's a draw, or that's a fold win, so the pressure comes off us a bit. Mm. So when they're getting back in and going great one of one that three one. Blimey. Yep. All right, they've been business. Huge yeah. statement. And it's great for us as well to talk about. So Justin Edinburgh spoke to Dave Victor after the game and Justin said the performance was excellent and the team worked very hard against a very good side and maybe could have had more goals. He said Clare right back was excellent and it's too early to know the extent of Lee's injury. He also picked out Dean Brill's second half save saying that too was excellent and also made a special mention to the travelling support who were magnificent. Justin explained that next week will provide an opportunity for a rest as his players prepare for an important game coming up and Justin agreed that Karoma is getting better and better and his opening goal was very special. Hard to disagree with that. Yeah. Um, league table then, so that win meant that we climbed up to second in the National League uh, as Wrexham, uh, who won, uh, go top and Salford drew and they dropped to third. So we've now played 19 games at this point in the season, nearly halfway through actually. We've won 11 of those 19, we've drawn seven and we've only lost one. We've got 40 points on the board, so I think relegations are, are, are very, very distant. Uh, touching would never say never. Very, very distant <laughs> memories. Uh, we've got a positive goal difference here of plus 25. I would also say Salford drew away to Eastleigh yeah. we played on the Tuesday and it took a last minute equaliser for Salford not to lose that one which makes so, our point there look good as well absolutely at the end of the day 
Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So your views on that one then? Uh, I mean, what a result. Uh, when I saw that we'd scored so early, I was really surprised. And I saw Fylde equalise and I kind of feared that they would build on that and score more. But full credit to the team. Pushed on, gained the upper hand, uh, walking away with all three points is absolutely what you want on a Saturday. Um, that sent out a huge statement to the rest of the league uh, that we've put three past the team who've only conceded seven before today and we were away from home as well. Well done also goes to the opposition scouts who watched the file recently providing the intel to Justin and the team that they can use to help us win games like this. Although I wasn't there, have to make a special mention to Josh Karoma, an academy product whose career with us, as I said earlier, really didn't like it was going to be uh, that long with us uh, a year or so ago, but he's managed to turn that round and he's now probably one of the first names on Justin's yeah. team sheet. Having scored two goals, making life hard for James Alabi and Matt Harold, who must be frustrated that they won't get many chances with the form of our current front two. Bit of a quandary there. Uh, having smashed Havent last week and got a draw at Eastleigh and a win today, uh, I'd say that this has been a superb seven days for us, onwards and upwards. Nice round up. Mike, any, any views on yeah. Fylde that you haven't mentioned yet? Grimo, uh, rightly get all applauded, but I think mentioned has to go to Craig Clay. He come in, um, and right back as and well. Right back, and he was superb. He's been playing well for a while now, yeah. Clay, and I think he's just confident enjoying his football. See Joe Willison back as well. I know even though it's a suspension game, it's that a bit more balanced because without him having Judd suspended and Ling injured, we've had Craig Clay at right back and one of our real playmakers in James Brophy playing left back, which could have been Wasted. yeah, which could have been a. You know, gave us a bit of made made us unbalanced, but yeah, Craig Clay was superb. Wedderson goes a bit under the radar at times, doesn't he? He does, love, he does, he does what he needs to do, him. and he just does it, and he gets on with it. He doesn't do anything. Seven out, out seven, of seven, eight out of ten every he's week. He's not bombing overlapping, but he just defends yeah, well. He's, he's composed, and he adds that extra level of confidence to your back yeah. to your back line. Yeah, yeah. So my views in a fantastic win to go to a team who hadn't conceded in the six hundred and ten minutes and won their last few games convincingly. We score after four minutes and beat them with each just shows you how good we are and can be. Another goal for Maka and a double for Josh, including a stunner. You know, if they're scouts in League 1 and League 2, they're going to see Karoma, 19 years old. Uh, I'll be going, this kid looks like he might be worth taking a punt on. I agree, yeah. Uh, another shout-out for Clay. You mentioned yeah. him, but I thought Clay, again, having to play it right back, superb. And shout-out for Brill. You know, that save in the 63rd minute is almost as good as a goal. Uh, if that goes into yeah. a different game, kudos to the travelling fans for making the journey. And now we can go into... A, Two week break, nicely confident, sitting second, sitting pretty, be full of confidence in the next game against Bromley. Yeah, a bit disappointed we've got a break to be yeah, fair. Same here. Yeah, we've actually got that as one of our negatives of the week a bit later. Now's yeah. the time where we want momentum matches, matches, momentum matches, matches yeah. because confidence will be sky high after and Especially that. in the FA Cup as well, that would be a nice. But at the same time, it works out both ways, gives Ling a bit more chance to, yeah. to get fit, extend their um, uh, Lee's injury, hopefully. Bit of rest for bit everyone. Of rest for everyone yeah. Have a bit of time off. I think Lee was mentioned as a medial ligament. Mm. They, think, they thought it might be, which is too much. Right. But because it's he's the same leg as the yeah. ACL, they're not too sure. So I'm sure some news will come out uh, later in the week from the club. But obviously, we hope Charlie Lee, uh, his injury definitely isn't too bad. So those were our views. So plenty of your views to go through. Um, so at Lennon 4. Said, is it time to believe now? Quite simple, oh, but quite poignant. Yeah, uh, Richard J. Bourne said, one of the biggest tests of the season, and those come through uh, it with flying colours. Coroma was quality. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Ello, Matt Ello, FC Evans, didn't think we were going to win this. Filed a great team in this division, 
but like with Harrogate, we proved ourselves on the big occasion. Deserved all three points. Oh, and Karoma is becoming some player. Hashtag fire. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got to Harrogate, beating 3 0. We've got yeah. to Fire, beating 3 1. We're to Chesterfield, where they were doing well, beating 1 0. We've had some big Harrogate on the ring. Juice we've been to a lot of big, big clubs in this league already, away from home, and picked up points. Yeah. We, we can go to Wrexham. Yeah. Go to Wrexham, pick up a, a point there. Wishful, all three. You know, Barnet. Pick up a point or three there. I don't see why we shouldn't be there or thereabouts. I was looking at Wrexham today. I can't do it. I was looking at Wrexham today. I was tempted. I was tempted with the supporters club deal. Uh, Really? Oriental, yeah. We'll speak about that once we finish. I can't do it. I'm out. That is a good marker laid down by Orient. And being no doubt the rest of the league will have taken notice. Happy days. Yeah. Alan Gollidge said, what a result. Did not see that coming. Score three against such a solid defence and at their place. Absolutely brilliant. Good way to start our two-week rest in speech marks. Yeah. And from Boatsy, massive, massive win against a team not far behind us. Great to get the win before the two-week break. Yeah. Jamie Stripes is a great performance on par with the free one at Peterborough five years ago. Mune, we'll take a week off <laughs> and come back looking to really kick on from this one. Yeah, Biffo Prop said a lovely touch after that match was Dean Brill giving his gloves to a, bro- a boy in a Brill uh, playing jersey, first class effort. Yeah, I think the club got a hold of that, didn't they? They put yeah, up a video. Lovely to out. see. It's nice, yeah. Lovely to see. Orient Fan TV, yet another superb performance against another team that were in form. Up to second and only one point off the top. Where, with there being no game next week, the players can rest up and be fresh for the visit of Bromley. Can't wait. Up the O's. Yeah, Racker Blue Apps is best result of the season for me after a lacklustre performance midweek and a makeshift defence to win today is a sign of a good team. Sounded like the third killed him off and Dulcet Dave nearly gave me a heart attack for Karoma's first. I'd quite like to hear that. I know yeah. what Dave is Shame like. you can't listen back. Yeah, I'd love to hear what Dave, what Dave said for that one. Samuel LOFC97 said, A real show of our squad strength without a right back and Lee getting injured so early on. Good to see us score three goals away from home and in big capital letters says Justin Edinburgh's Red Army. Best snooker JP, what a great result. The game was not as bad as the win condition was awful. Uh, still a win. Sorry, sorry, still a win is a win. Certainly something to celebrate on the train. Yeah. Yes. Das Hodge said 42 points would be good for this week. Away against two solid sides. An amazing win today. Putting three passes, foul defence shows that the O's are forced to be weakened room. Yeah, at Leighton underscore Eas said, Karoma on fire, unplayable today. Craig Clay really looked good at full back, but missed him big time in the centre. Only downside to a top away game is the injury to Lee. I may have to rename Mr. 8 out of 10, Joe Widdison. Uh, almost faultless performance. Yeah. Essex Biz, a fantastic result. So much better than Tuesday and a real marker put down. Time to rest and recharge the batteries. I think the break has come at a good time for us. Yeah, LOFC Chaz says that is why Karoma plays up front and not on the wing. Mm. Him and Bond could be some partnership in League 2 if we go up. I think I'm just enjoying them in National League for the time being. (laughs) (laughs) Vince Howard, 73, said, fantastic result. More so by the fact that we had to shift players around. Really pleased for Karoma. Puts in a lot of effort for not much reward. So to bag two today was deserved. Uh, Paul Allen 15 not a filed fan but boycotting my team and lived five minutes away was an even game but Orient looked more like scoring when they attacked whereas filed didn't Orient front two were very impressive and McEnough showed his experience at a high level all the best I love that tweet that was from Paul who's a Blackpool fan and obviously isn't going uh, due to the ownerships thank you for your tweet uh, oh, Paul awesome. at the league gives one says thought we were excellent proper away performance against a good strong side who don't concede many I think that's our best win of the season 
everyone was brilliant, but Clay is continually showing what a top player he is. Good point there about Craig. Yeah, absolutely. And the final word this week goes to Dave M one eight one two, who said, "Tremendous win. Even I'm beginning to believe. Two weeks off to get the knocks out the system, and then onwards and upwards." So, do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out? Let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook, or you can email us Orient Outlook at Outlook dot com if you're not on social media. So, prediction of the update then. So, well done to S Leela ninety ninety at Barry Twin. At Jelly Dar, at Unexpected Item Zero, at Mark Shepherd underscore 79, at Evilus Mick, and at Paul Skinner 88, who all predicted 3 1. So, a fair amount of predictions uh, for that one. Yeah. And they all predicted one scorer. He's got four points. But well done to Jamie Peely, LOFC, who predicted 3 1, and actually three scorers. So, he ended up getting six points because he pre- predicted Danny Rowe to score and asked for the bonus points to be added. Oh, so I added it. Controversial. <laughs> it's allowed. I didn't realise we did it for a way players as well. The prediction league table. Is now on our Facebook page, and Mark Shepherd has gone top <coughs> clearly on 18 points, closely followed by Ian Manny, Rene John at Pools of Doman and Stephen Orient on 16 points, and on 15 points, Jamie PD, LOFC, and at Tony underscore Antonio. God, he's so it's up there. getting tight up there. So thank you to everyone for your predictions before the match last week. Yep, so well done, everybody. Sunday, the 4th of November, so then moving on as we do today. Uh, following his brace against Far, Josh Caroma made it into the non league papers team of the day, and Justin Edinburgh was named as top boss so well done to you both yeah I'm surprised that Karami hasn't got a bit more publicity normally like the National League will tweet the best goals from the weekend yeah. but they've not tweeted the Josh one yeah I presume right. they will oh, good yeah, yeah keep him quiet right. yeah I presume <laughs> keep the scouts away yeah. <laughs> so the ladies team were in league action today at home to Ipswich and despite being two down they scored two late goals from Eagle Trezzy and from Hayley B to claim a very good two-all draw and the ladies development team were also in action and went through to the second round of the Capital Cup Intermediate after a 5-2 victory over Northwood Ladies thanks to two goals apiece for Suala and Lily Cooper and one for Maisie Cannon. So a good day all round. Well done, the ladies. ladies. Yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah. Kudos. Um, so let's wrap this up then. Fantasy football update. Uh, this is written at the time before the, all the tables are updated. So as it stands at the moment, Tolu Sangawawa leads the Orient Outlook podcast Fantasy Football League on 710 points. It's like, wow. He's smashing it, this bloke here. He's got to be cheating somehow. Um, only joking. 36 points clear of Sam Massingham, who's in second place. Steve currently is in 34th. I'm in 99th. So I'm in the top 100, which I'm alright with. Out of 195 players as we wait for today's points uh, to be added up. Yeah, so today's points not added as it stands. Obviously, there's the Fulham game tomorrow. So Mitrovic is my captain. So I won't say I'm hoping for a nil-nil draw. Nil-nil draw. Dream <laughs> <laughs> team update. So R. Humphreys leads the Orient Outlook podcast Dream Team League on 663 points. He's five points ahead of C. Legata. I'm in seventh place, so I'm crumbling uh, in the stream team league quite badly. Uh, Paul's in 60th out of 112 players, so we've got improvement there. Now you're into the top half of both, now it's time to I'm push on. I'm going to catch you, don't worry about that, mate, <laughs> don't you worry. So positives <laughs> and negatives yeah. uh, this week. Um, let's, let's let our special guests about You do the positives. Okay, positives, uh, second in the league. Hey. Only lost one game of 19 league games. Which is incredible, really. What a record. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I think that keeps maybe going under the radar a little bit, because the unbeaten record is gone. We don't speak about the unbeaten run right. now, as we did. But now it's another six unbeaten. Since I was just going to say that, up, yeah. And we've only lost one in 19. That is going under the radar. Which again Haven't we really set a record as well for... Away. Away. We have, yeah. We set yesterday. Oh, I, think, I think it's joint, joint away now. now, yeah. This season? Yes. I right. tweeted earlier. So I think Wrexham is obviously the next away game. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah. <laughs> squeaky bum time. 
That yeah. was positive. Uh, Bonin Kramer's partnership up front scored four between them this week alone. Yeah, yeah. banging Decent. in the goals. Yeah, banging if you don't goals. include Saturday against Haven. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah good point. Negatives. Uh, Charlie Lee's injury. Obviously, we wish him a speedy recovery. Hope that's nothing serious. Uh, the youth team going out the FA Youth Cup. Shame for them. Um, and the upcoming break, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Justin probably want another game this week uh, with the confidence and the momentum that we've built um, in the team. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So hero of the week. So as we weren't at both games, uh, but I guess what we thought we would take the vote to Twitter. So we nominated the following players. So we nominated Bond, who has scored two goals in two games. We nominated Brill, made some important saves over both games that like we've alluded to. Craig Clay, another good week for Craig, included a match at right back against Fylde. So obviously yep. taking a lot of the plaudits. And obviously lastly, Josh Karoma, fantastic performance uh, with both games, but obviously for Fylde for those two goals that he scored. A big point out though, Karen Harrison. Also asked for a special mention, and I saw this on Facebook, for young O's fan Cameron Bickmore, who laid down his Leighton Orient scarf at Leicester outside the ground. So well played to Cameron, who will take okay. home the non-playing hero of the week. Okay, all right. I was wondering where you were going with that. Okay, cool. Yeah. No worries. So we had 230 votes uh, in like 24 hours, and the results were... Yeah, 5% uh, Dean Brill, Macaulay Bond on 15%. Um, it might not surprise you to know who the winner was. Craig Clay had 21%, but an overwhelming 59% of the vote went to Josh Corona. Yeah, so well, well done, well done. Well Josh. So next week's fixtures in. So due to being out of the FA Cup, the O's have a week off and aren't in action now until Saturday the 18th November when Bromley come to the Bray Group Stadium for the club's next football for a fiver match. So Bromley, 14th in the National League, and they absolutely thumped Hartlepool yesterday. A bit of a surprise result. They beat them 4-0. They did score three penalties though, with George Porter bagging the other goal in what is sure to be a tough match Shame. as Bromley always are. So this one looks likely to sell out uh, as per the last Football for a Five match. So if you haven't booked your ticket now, then what are you waiting for? Get online, book your tickets, and if you see us, why not come over and say oi oi? Or if you see Mike Brown, why not come over and say hello? <laughs> <laughs> Also, this week, it's the Bearded Legend's birthday. Oh, it is, yeah. Another so, year older. Another year older. So, happy birthday to you for Thank Friday. You. Thanks very much. November. It will yeah. go on social media, as you know it will. My birthday buddies are... Um, <laughs> Josh Karoma. <laughs> and... JB McEnough. Yeah. Birthday so, friends. Birthday friends. So, that's it. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, no. Actually, sorry. Just before we do that, uh, don't forget to order... Uh, the Challenge Culture by Nigel Travis. It's available on Amazon.co.uk, all good bookstores. It's out now. Uh, I've started reading it. I'm about 40 odd pages in, and it is it is interesting. Yeah. It is an interesting read, and I'm only 40 pages in. Awesome. So have a look at that. So thanks very much indeed for joining us for 159. It's been a really busy week on the pitch for the O's. We've faced two difficult trips on the road, which would test their promotion or our promotion credentials. On Tuesday night, we got a credible one-all draw away at Eastley, and we came from behind to grab a point thanks to Macaulay Bond equaliser with many O's fans critical of the team saying we needed another striker however most of these fans were silenced later in the week as on Saturday Orient went to high flying filed and came out 3-1 winners to keep the promotion hopes well on track thanks to another goal from Macaulay Bond a double from Josh Caroma to make it four points from six over the last week and leave the O's sitting in second place in the National League so there's no pod next week we are taking the week off as the O's aren't in action, so we are not here. But fear not, we are back with episode 160 on Sunday the 18th of November. 
and maybe a special guest in tow with that one so we have all the information yeah. and views that you could ever need so if you're listening on iTunes please subscribe give the podcast a review and if you're listening on SoundCloud tune and Stitcher add us to your favourites and that way you'll get all the podcasts as soon as they are uploaded and if you have an older relative or a mate or a loved one just one person who you think will like the podcast tell them about it get them to listen and then they can tell one friend who can tell their friend and their friend Pyramid and everyone absolutely else. Mike thank you for coming pleasure thank you for joining us appreciate your pleasure. input a superb debut thank you superb debut a, yeah. a debut of Ryan Jarvis proportions <laughs> versus Millwall 5-2 <laughs> win Lenny Pidgeley mugged off never forget that game thank you very much uh, to you for listening we're just coming up to an hour 20 we've still got a few mugs left um, I think there's only about a two dozen left there's not um, many since the prize dropped to £5 they are flying out the door so we can deliver them at the Bromley game so if you want to get your order in sooner rather than later we can only carry a limited amount in our hands yes. for the Bromley game and there's already half they are allocations boxed. they are packaged gone. properly so don't worry about them breaking unless you do something clumsy absolutely so yeah. if you want yours get your order in give us a DM on Twitter Give us an email on outlook.com. They are only five English pounds. Yeah, great Christmas stocking filler. Or Hanukkah. Or Hanukkah, if you're so inclined. Or Diwali, <laughs> if we're a bit late for. Uh, so anyway, thank you very much indeed, uh, everybody. We're back in two weeks' time, uh, as Steve said. Though. Mike, thank you again. Yeah, well uh, done, Keep Mike. calm. Listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Yeah. Have a good week. Up the O's. <laughs>